It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my ball. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. My wife is currently on a plane in Nashville, so I am three sheets to the wind. I did so many things today that I would not do if she were home. I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm walking around shirtless. I took a dump with the door open and then took a shower with the door still open. That's been a hell of a morning for me. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Not so much for Tom. At 5.40 today, shirtless Tom has to eat an entire wad of wasabi. If you want to see how much wasabi it is, go to my Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley. It is the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. I can't tell you how excited I am to watch my friend Tom throw up. And I know he's the producer of the show, and we work together, and we're colleagues, but he is my friend. And if you're a guy then you understand exactly what I'm talking about when you, when I say this dude throwing up is going to make my day. That's oh, going to be excellent. It's going to be fabulous. Oh, wasabi's not so bad, man. It's not that spicy. It's not the spice, Tom. It's going to bust out your nose. How are you feeling? You okay? You a little nervous? Yeah, I'm pretty nervous. I'm pretty nervous. That's a big clump of wasabi right there. And you've never had wasabi before. Never, not in my life. The reason we're doing this is because Tom was late for a show meeting. If I am ever late for the show meeting, I have to run my own board. And Tom and Brian just kick back. They leave. Enjoy our day. You have a great day. We didn't know the punishment if Tom was late. Now we do. Now we do. Wasabi, 520. Uh, pardon me, 540. I've never seen Tom like this. Tom never shuts the hell up. That's uh, a great guy, funny guy. Never shuts the hell up today. He's been pacing, he's been sweating. His shirt is off in studio, and I can see little beads of sweat trickling down through the hairs past the nipple. It's not going to be good. And this is before consuming the wasabi. I'm guessing you turn beet red, sweat all over the place, and then hurl. And we will post that on Facebook Live. I'll have the link up on my Twitter account. Hey, the Pirates are winning. They're in first place. How about that? A lot of people thought the Pirates wouldn't be as bad as... Some in the media have made them out to be. I'm one of those people. I never thought the Pirates would be bad. I thought they'd be a team hovering around 500 uh, and by default would just be sitting there in a position to perhaps win a wild card around the deadline. Well, now they've exceeded those expectations. They're a lot better than I thought they would be this early. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to exceed my expectations. It just, it just means they are at this point. And one of the reasons why is because they are smoking some bad baseball teams. They are 18-5 and five against teams that are at or below 500. That's 78% of the games they're playing against those ass teams that they're winning. That's going to keep them afloat if they can continue to do that. And that is a far cry from what they did last year. Last year, the Pirates... We're 34 and 32 against teams below 500. And as a team that was below 500 themselves, that's okay. But that's not good enough when you're going to have to compete against the big teams, the big boys, the Cubs of the world, the Cardinals of the world. It's just not going to be good enough. That's a winning percentage of 515 against bad teams. And if you're only beating them two times more than they're beating you, well, you're probably getting destroyed against good teams. 
They went 6-13 and against the worst team in the National League last year, the Reds. This year, they have not had those problems at all. I've said that I'm not going to buy into these Pirates until after the deadline, and they've not subtracted from the club. And I think that's fair to say. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want fans to get their hopes up. I'm one of you, Pittsburgh. I don't want you to be sad. I, myself, don't want to be sad. So, enjoy it, but have your expectations a little tempered. But they are a lot better than they were last year, and that is already apparent. I said coming into this stretch of games against bad teams that the Pirates needed to go 7-2 and two against the White Sox, the Padres, and the Reds, and that that would help them maintain their position in the wild card race until the end of the season. Because that would put the Pirates at 30-19. and 19. And if you're 30-19, and 19, you're going to be in the wild card race. It's just going to happen. It's really hard for it not to happen. So now they only need to go 4-2 and two the rest of the way. 2-0 and against the Sox. Eh, wrong Sox. These are the pale hoes. It matters not. 2-0 against them. 1-0 against the Padres. And you can see why those teams are bad. And outfielders missed playing balls in both series so far. The Pirates should beat those teams. If the Pirates want to be a team that can make the playoffs this year. All they need to do is maintain a close to 500 record against those good teams, and they'll put themselves in a really good position based on the way that they're beating up on these bad teams. Pirates are really good in one-run games at this point. That tends to even out. But while they're hot right now, stack some wins against these jabronis. And I think they're going to continue that tonight. And I don't think, unlike last year's team, that they're afraid of those Reds. Liz Bloom from the Post-Gazette going to join us coming up in about 14 minutes here on the Crowley Show. It is Austin Meadows Day, baby! Woo! Top prospect alert! I keep saying this about the Pirates, and I'm sorry that I keep doing this. I'm sorry I'm the wet blanket here, but I wouldn't get too attached. He's not going to play for long unless he can play every day, which he can't, so he won't be around for the long haul. He's going to play maybe every day when Starling Marte is gone. And we'll see how long Marte is out. But the second Marte comes back, the way he was playing, you're putting him back in the lineup no matter what Austin Meadows does. And if Austin Meadows isn't going to get at-bats every single day, and as long as he's not going to get an opportunity to develop every single day, he's not going to be here. I personally don't think he's ready yet. I've never seen him in the minors. I'm not... The kind of guy who's going to lie, well, I saw him. No, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't in Bumble Bleep nowhere watching this guy in double A. It didn't happen. There are people who are paid to do that to do that. I'm paid to sit here and get paid all kinds of money to talk radio on the sports. So I've never seen him play down there. But the numbers do not inspire all that much confidence. He's not he has bad numbers in the minor leagues, but he's a career 290 hitter in the minors. Without a ton of power. So, is he going to take Polanco's spot on this team? No. Polanco's got power. Polanco is streaky. Polanco can keep this team afloat for a couple of weeks at a time whenever he's on his game. Is he taking Marte's spot? Hell no. Is he going to take Dickerson's? The NL MVP candidate? No. 
And this ain't the AL either. It's not. So it's not like you can just shoehorn him into the lineup anytime you want to see him out there, which would be a lot because you want him to keep getting it back. So enjoy seeing Austin Meadows now, but I don't think he's up for the long haul. Tom, are you shaking your head at my saying that Dickerson's an NL MVP candidate? Yes, I was. I mean, he's top 10 in batting average, hitting a bunch of extra base hits. He's not going to be a finalist, but right now he's in the conversation. And you want to know why? Because I'm the guy having the conversation. PA's trying their hardest to screw up the sports betting thing. Oh, my God, these bastards. They're trying to enact a sports betting tax of 34%. It would be the highest tax rate in the world on sports betting. In the world. Not just the fine country we live in, the United States of America. No, the effing world. By comparison, Nevada's at 6.75%. West Virginia, hail, is at 10%. New Jersey is expected to be in the 8-10% to 10% range. With taxes that high... How in the world can Pennsylvania hope to compete with the black market? You know what they're doing here. With that tax, they're saying this is immoral. We're going to tax it so much, we don't want you to be a part of it. But the people who are a part of it are going to continue to be a part of it. They're just not going to be funneled into your circumstances. They're not going to do it the way that you want them to do it. If Johnny from Blonox is walking down the street, and he's like, oh, I want to bet tonight on the Padres. Yeah, I feel like the Padres are going to play well tonight. You think he's going to walk to Rivers Casino, walk in there, slap some money on the table and say, okay, 34%, take it, take it, I don't care. Take my winnings, take it all. No. He's going to go to the seediest bar in Blonox. Night's Cafe, great place, good fish sandwiches. He's going to go to the corner of that bar. He's going to whisper something into a guy's ear who's got a beard. That's his bookie. And he's going to walk out. There will be a fee. It will not be 34%. When I see tickets to a sporting event, if I wait until the day before the game, I can see the Bucks for 7 bucks instead of 20 if I buy on StubHub instead of through the team. I'm always going to go with what's cheaper. So is everybody else. With everything. Why would gamblers who are going to gamble either way, no matter what, entertain paying a 34% tax on something that's not taxed? It's going to make it really hard for Pennsylvania to make a profit there. Why would Pennsylvania be so stupid to drive people to West Virginia to place their bet? So even the people who want to do it legally and have never even been interested in gambling in the black market, but want to dabble in it now, why wouldn't they just drive on down to Morgantown? It's 10%. You can go to the sports page. That's where I'll be tonight. Because my wife's out of town. It's bad for the U.S. economy. These people are going to exchange billions of dollars under the table, and Pennsylvania's like, yeah, okay, fine, go ahead. 34% to do it over the table. I suppose the rationale is that whoever does gamble legally will still net tax dollars for the state that they wouldn't otherwise have, but... Do you want a large piece of a small pie or a smaller piece of an enormous pie? The latter. I made Tom hungry. The Lightning are back even, baby. I have zero feel for this series. None. Capitals were the better team yesterday, by far, and Andre Vasilevsky stole it, period. 
Capitals fans and analysts will probably say, stick with it, trust the process, but that does not matter in a short series. I thought the Lightning would have a tough time coming back to win this thing, even though I think they're the better team, because when you dig a hole, there's no margin for error. But they stunk in a lot of areas last night and were able to win because of the goalie. So that evens that out. Ovechkin slammed his stick on the cage. Backstrom looked like his puppy got run over in the post game. Is this frustration going to be too much for Washington to handle, or will they really actually have learned something? Will they overcome it? If they play the way they did last night moving forward, you'd think they'd have a better than 50% chance of winning the series. But here's betting that Tampa Bay does not play that poorly again. Although John Cooper, head coach of the Lightning, he's got to get his head out of his ass. He's got to quit playing Kunitz and Callahan as much as he is. And 2012, sure, but it's 2018. Kunitz does not have a point these playoffs. Washington found that matchup every time they were on the ice. Ovechkin had a bunch of chances. Eventually that's going to cost him. I'd try to get away from that matchup going back home to Tampa where they'll have the last change. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, going to join us today at 5.20 to talk a little bit about Vegas, to talk a little bit about the Lightning and the Capitals. He's making his tour. I was texting him. He's off the Penguins beat for now, uh, but he's writing about national hockey stories. He was in D.C. He was in Vegas. I think he's still in Vegas right now. So we get his thoughts on what's going on around the NHL. At 5.40, man, though, Tom's going to eat wasabi. Whole big-ass chunk. Whole big-ass chunk. Unfortunately, our friend Kellen is going to run the boards, and Tom's going to be in studio with me. We will have it up on Facebook Live. But I was counting on Tom throwing up behind the glass, and now I assume Tom's going to throw up in my studio, which means I'm probably going to throw up, too. You're not going to throw up. I will hurt. I'm not going to throw up. So you don't have to worry about anything. If you don't throw up, I won't throw up. But if you throw up, I will throw up. That's good news then because I'm not throwing up. It's like that scene in The Office where the hard-boiled eggs are being peeled and then Pam throws up in the trash can. They all throw up. That's how I operate. I got dog poop on my thumb about a month ago because my thumb was outside the bag and it made me hurl. Right on the spot? Right on the spot. My wife picked up cat vomit just three days ago and it made me hurl. Let me ask you this. If I have like a gag kind of going and it looks like I'm going to hurl, you might beat me to the punch just by looking at that. Or Son of a bitch. I'm probably more likely to throw up than you are now that I think about I think it. About, uh, you might. 540. An hour and 20 minutes from now, Tom will eat wasabi. Coming up next, Liz Bloom from the Post-Gazette. Pirates beat writer. She's excellent. We'll talk to her about everything Buckos baseball. It's the Crowley Show. Napa know-how. As much as people talk about the weather, you'd think we'd be experts by now. Fact is, nobody knows what it's going to do. That's why you need Bosch Icon Wiper Blades, now 10 bucks off a pair. They provide superior visibility in all springtime weather conditions. So be prepared with Bosch Icon Blades, now $10 off. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 5 18 all right, 50 bucks. It's going to take a hell of a lot more coin than that, Tom. 50 bucks, and we just pretend. We can we can act like it's happening. I'm, I can pretend like I'm throwing up. Add a zero, <laughs> See? Add a zero <laughs> to it, then we can talk. 500? That's where I'll start the bidding. So there's a bid. Oh, there's always a price. Okay. Okay. I'd eat wasabi off of you for like 100 grand.
Pirates fathers tonight. Buckos looking to continue their first place winning ways. It's also Austin Meadows Day, baby. I'm such a hockey guy. I'm going to fight off saying Austin Matthews about 100 times during the show today. I'll be okay, though. I don't think I've slipped up yet, but it's coming. It's coming. Liz Bloom from the Post-Gazette joins us now on the show for the first time. Liz, how are you today? Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Good to uh, good to chat with you. Uh, Liz, you are a Massachusetts native. Uh, it says in your Twitter bio, so I have to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. We've been debating this one. I'm a big Guinness guy, and Mike Sullivan, Penguins head coach, is also a big Guinness guy. Are a lot of people in Massachusetts Guinness people? Uh, I would assume so, you know, big Irish population there. Uh, So, you know, i got to kind of give it up to that. I personally am not not much of a beer drinker, but, uh, you know, to each their own, right? Yeah, of course. I got no problem with people who aren't Guinness drinkers. I was just curious. Uh, Liz, it (laughs) it is Austin Meadows Day. What should be expected from this guy? And and by that, I I don't mean necessarily his production, but how long is it assumed he'll be up for the length of Marte or perhaps beyond? I have to assume that it'll probably just be for the length of Marte unless he does something, you know, totally unbelievable and kind of exceeds expectations here. Um, They don't like to have prospects come up and then play only sometimes. So this is a real opportunity for him to get – regular playing time. Presumably he will be the main guy while Marte is down, but I don't really envision a world in which he will displace one of the other outfielders. Um, and, you know, again, unless he does something terrific, and I don't see a world in which they would just keep him up here as a bench player. Uh, Liz Bloom joining us here from the Post-Gazette. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me to have him coming off the bench. Uh, I assume he'll be playing center field uh, in, in, in total place of Marte? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Clint Hurdle said the other day that he wanted Sean Rodriguez to be the primary backup center fielder, but at the same time, he didn't want Sean Rodriguez to be playing every single day. I mean, you know, it really wears out your legs to play in center field all the time. So I assume that Meadows will be the primary center fielder, maybe not against left-handed pitching, but we'll see. Uh, Liz, I think the Pirates are in much better of a position this year to sustain an injury to a guy like Marte than they have been uh, certainly last year. Uh, I think they've just got a much deeper lineup. Uh, do they feel the same way? I would assume so. I mean, last year they promoted Jordan Luplo after he had very little experience in AAA, and the fact that they feel more comfortable bringing up Austin Meadows just shows that they feel like they're in a better place. I mean, he was had, had so many injuries in the past, the fact that they felt like they could dip into AAA and take him now as opposed to Luplo, who you know obviously has had a lot more experience in AAA, me definitely suggests that they have better depth right now. Cervelli not in the lineup today. Is that due to him getting hit by a pitch uh, a couple nights ago, or is that because he jammed his hand yesterday? Um, I was I saw on Twitter. I'm not at the park today, but I've been told that it was uh, because he jammed his finger in the fourth inning, uh, diving back to the bag. So I imagine it's just something that swelled up overnight and won't present an issue going forward. Uh, again, they're capable uh, at catcher now with Diaz being able to jump right in. Uh, I realize that'll be difficult on the pitchers, but they have to have confidence in him. Yeah, they have been speaking extremely highly of Elias. Um, I think they think his play calling has gotten a lot better, um, and they like what he's been able to do in terms of defense behind the bag. Certainly they prefer that Cervelli there, but he, his bat has more than acquitted itself over uh, the course of the season, so uh, I think he probably relishes the opportunity. I'm interested in your thoughts on Cervelli. 
Because when he's been healthy, he's been a good player at any level, really, uh, with the Yankees, with the Pirates, with whatever team he's playing for. But he's never been this good. He's never been the 950 OPS guy. What has made him get off to the hot start he's gotten off to this year? Well, I think he probably asked him, he would say, just being healthy in his off-season routine. He changed his diet a lot over the winter. Uh, he got cut out gluten and dairy, I think. I think he looks a little slimmer right now. It looks like he's also made a few adjustments to his swing that I think has helped out as well. So a combination of kind of health, off-season routine, maybe some tweaks to his swing. It seems to me that the offense as a whole is focusing a lot more on pitch selection, and I think that that's why you're seeing a lot of guys, including Marte, obviously before his injury, sort of take a step up in that regard. Liz Bloom joining us here on the Crowley Show. She, of course, is from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Corey Dickerson's having himself uh, one hell of a season now. Again, he's a good player, much like Cervelli. Uh, I'm wondering, though, if he's going to be able to sustain this level of play over the course of the year. That's a you know probably $64,000 question. Um, he had an incredible start to last season, too, which uh, earned him a trip to the All-Star game, his first ever. Um, seems like he's on track to, to do that again. Last year, he said that he was struggling with injuries, or I guess it was in 2016, and then he spent a lot of the last offseason sort of rehabbing that, that back injury, and he couldn't devote himself as much to weightlifting. He said that now he feels like he's sort of uh, been able to focus more on the weightlifting, and he thinks that that'll help him last deeper into the season. Pirates' bullpen was awful to start the year, uh, including uh, game number one. It was Rivera who pitched. Now he's Vasquez, though, so I think he's put all that behind him. Uh, <laughs> but since the middle of April, the Pirates have combined to produce a 2.55 ERA. What do you think's changed over that time? Yeah, that's, that's another terrific question. Um, well, first of all, the personnel has changed. I mean, the turnover in the bullpen has been huge. Um, Richard Rodriguez, I think I had a story on him today. I think he's been the biggest surprise of the Pirate season on the whole. He's been absolutely terrific. But overall, they're just changing a lot of the people and the personnel who are in the bullpen as a whole. I'll ask you the same question I, I asked a little bit earlier, but this time about Nick Kingham. Uh, I asked it before about Meadows, but Kingham's going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Is this a permanent solution in the Pirates rotation now, or is this another spot start? Um, That's a great question. I think, I'll put it this way, I think he wants to make this start count for sure. Um, I'll be curious how much longer the leash is for Chad Cool and with Joe Musgrove coming back soon, I think there's a chance that Kingham could indeed be moved into the rotation eventually. I don't think they're going to make rash decisions based on one good or bad start one way or the other, but I, I think that Kingham is probably treating it like an audition. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You have to. And, I mean, let's see if he can top what happened in his Major League debut. You want to talk about a uh, really good uh, audition. Uh, as for the rest of the pitching staff, I still don't buy in hook, line, and sinker on the bullpen, uh, even though Rich Rodriguez has come in and played well uh, and that they have had a lot of success recently. I'd like to see one more live arm in there, uh, whether it's Musgrove or Chad Cool. I do think that they've got the opportunity to slide some guys in and at least play with it maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Musgrove had a lot of success in the bullpen last year for uh, Houston, so I could see a world in which if it doesn't work out for him in the rotation that he would move to the bullpen. Um, obviously, if you have higher leverage situations and you're coming in with a lot more adrenaline, 
your velocity goes up. There are a lot of people who have a lot of success in the bullpen who don't in rotation because it's just sort of a more straightforward job. You don't have to use all your pitches. You know, you have the benefit of knowing you're coming in for an inning. Um, but they're definitely going to give Musgrove the opportunity to, to go into the rotation and start. Um, he has like five or six pitches, so I think that they, in an ideal world, would like to see him find some success in the rotation. So I think that that moves probably a little ways off. Josh Bell uh, hit as a right-hander uh, last night and had some success. Uh, does it look like he's turning the corner? For an offense that's been so good this year and one of the best in baseball, really, he's the guy that I think you could say, okay, maybe he's been a little bit of a disappointment compared to what he did last year. Yeah, he's definitely gotten off to um, a slow start. It seems to me in the last week that he's kind of turned things around a little bit. Um, I think that's one of the things that's probably if you're thinking about, you know, is this team for real? Can they have success deep into the season? One of the things that's working in their favor is, well, not even all of their best players are playing at their best right now. I mean, what happens when you get top production from Polanco and from Bell? So, yeah, I, I personally think he will figure things out. He's one of the better, more cerebral uh, hitters on the team. So I think it's only a matter of time. Colin Moran's been, uh, he's been everything they want him to be. And I've been critical about the Pirates and what they did this off season. Uh, but the return that they got for Garrett Cole uh, in terms of Colin Moran, I think you have to be blown away by what he's provided this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, similar to Bell, one of the more cerebral uh, hitters on the team, I think that could definitely be contagious. You know, he and some of the other players like to talk a lot about the craft of, of hitting, and I think when you have somebody who has really honed his swing to the extent that Moran has, it's really helpful. Um, and he's going to get the opportunity to hit fifth tonight so, you know, he'll get a few more ABs now with uh, Marte out. So we'll see how he uh, thrives in that role. Uh, any idea of when Josh Harrison should be scheduled to come back? Uh, I think it's, it probably will be, you know, in the next few days. Um, I think he's playing tonight with Altoona um, or maybe in Saturday with Altoona. But, yeah, I, I think it's, it'll should be, you know, I would say certainly by, by June 1st, if not several days before that. Liz, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for stopping by here on the show, and hopefully we get a chance to do it again. All right, thanks so much for having me. There she goes, Liz Bloom from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Pirates beat writer. I think she does really good stuff. Check out the story on Richard Rodriguez. That name still sends a shiver down my spine, though. Uh, Rich Rodriguez. Bastard. Left Morgantown. Could have won the national championship. Lost to Pitt. Son of a bitch. If they fired Holgerson, though, I think I'd take him back. I'd go back to the glory days. They're not going to have to fire Holgerson, though, because he's going to win 10 games this year. What is it, Tom? You'd go back to Richrod right now if Holgerson was... If they can't, Holgerson. I think Holgerson's a better coach for today's game. Richrod's your second option, though. Maybe Jeff Cable. Just keep him away from Pitt. It's Cable. Is it? it? The Pirates have had a lot of success this year against bad baseball teams. And I went over it in the first segment, but 18-5 and five against teams that are at or below 500. That it hasn't been their M.O. of late. Yeah, it's because they've been a bad baseball team. This shows me that they're not bad. And say what you will about the Pirates and where they might wind up at the end of the season. I know I've had a lot of different predictions. One thing I do think is for certain, they're not a bad club. 
I mean, they're nine games over 500 right now. It's hard to say they're a bad club. It's hard to see that forest through these trees at this point. But when you're 18-5 and five against those teams that aren't good in baseball, you're not one of them then. If you feed on those guys, you're not one of those guys. You always hear the expression, you are what you eat. Well, not in this circumstance. When you've got a winning percentage of 78% against teams that are under 500, you're not one of those teams. You're not going to be one of those teams that's under 500. Even last year, the Pirates, they finished 34-32, and 32, but they lost 13 times against the Cincinnati Reds. That is unfathomable. That baseball team sucked. They had 65 wins, and the Pirates gave them 13? How? How do you do that? That's why every time the Reds pop up on the schedule this year, everyone's like, oh, easy series coming up against those red legs. And I'm like, ugh. Well, with this team, I do have faith. Because they'd be bitch-slapping the rest of those bad baseball clubs. And hopefully it continues. I said it before, and I'll say it again. The Pirates go 7-2 and two over this stretch. The nine games against the White Sox, the Padres, and the Reds. And at 30-19, and 19, they will be within a couple of games of the wild card. At the very least, at the trade deadline. And now they only got to go four and two. That's it. Go four and two. You had three games against the Padres, and you got two games. My math must be off. Oh, no. How many games are left? Oh, and then three against the Reds. Oh, my math was right until it was wrong. Four gamer against the Padres, three gamer against the Reds. You got six games now. Go four and two. You're set. Quit shaking your head, Tom. What is it, buddy? No, I just love hearing you do math. I really should do it before I get on the air, though, I think. That's probably better for everyone. Going back to Morgantown tonight, a place where I did not learn anything about math. Coming up next, my wife's out of town. The hell should I do with my time? And I ain't into this royal wedding at all. It's a Crowley show. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms, unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol, quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed. Prince Harry's a lucky guy, man. Why? You're going to marry Meghan Markle. Eh. Is, is it Harry, though? Eh. You don't think she's cute? Yeah. That's a good point, though. Is it Harry? What is his name? I don't know which prince it is, I actually. I get confused every time. I know for a fact it's not Prince Albert. Where is he at? The base of the shaft. My wife's out of town, which means I don't have to watch the royal wedding tomorrow. This is good news. I don't want to watch it. It's not interesting to me. I think Meghan Markle's pretty cute. That ginger husband of hers is really rich, so... Okay, I get why she's doing it. He might not be a bad-looking guy. I don't know. He's pasty and red-headed. I am pasty and have a red beard, depending on what angle the sun hits me, so I can respect the game there. 
Good job, Prince. Is it Harry? Whatever. What I don't like is everyone pooping all over the royal wedding. That's what's happening left and right. Oh, I don't care about the royal wedding. It's not even our country. F them. Well, it's not our country playing in the Premier League, but we all watch that. It's growing. It's more popular than hockey in this country now. That's because it's happening in a different country. doesn't mean it's not worth consuming. Uh, probably all the great beers you drink are coming from other countries. If they're not coming from Hitchhiker or Spoonwood. I mean, my favorite beer comes straight from Dublin, baby. Straight from Dublin, right down my gullet. We're just going to start discriminating because it's not our royal family? Oh, hell no. To the people who are interested, I get it. It's celebrity. We like celebrity here in this country. In fact, we're more guilty than any country in the world at bowing down to celebrity. Uh, we just saw Paris Hilton. What the hell did she do? Uh, she got caught having sex on tape. Yay! We love her. The Kardashians. What'd they do? They had a famous father and they've got giant asses. Woo! We love them. It's bowing down to celebrity. It's worshipping celebrity. And that's all this is. It's nothing different than we do every day. How many times do you go to the store and you're in line and there are people flipping through those e-magazines? It happens every day. I mean, I go to the checkout line, the quick one. Uh, so I, maybe I don't see it, but it happens. E-Magazine, man. People want to be entertained by people they don't know who they would like to know who are shiny and pretty and all the things that they're not. And whether that's in this country or another country, it's the same thing. As far as I'm concerned, I realize we won a war so we didn't have to put up with all their BS, but that was no taxation without representation. That wasn't, we're not going to put your prince on the TV with our... Our woman. I guess that bothers me a little bit. Like, marry one of your own women. Uh, don't take one of ours. Or take one of our ugly ones. See, that's where it comes off. It, it gets me right there. Like, you're taking our girls. Like, Meghan Markle, she should be marrying a fine, nice American man like myself. Why not? <laughs> you know? I have a few reasons. Look, we don't want to bring anything up like that. But, I mean, I think I could trick her enough to marry me. At least for the short term. And I'll tell you how this is going to end. Smooth-talking guy Brian is, though. I'll tell you how this is going to end. Royals cheat on each other. That's what they do. No way. I give this thing four years tops before Prince is, like, I don't know, doing it Duchess style with someone else. They always say that, like Tiger Woods, Hmm? Elon was gorgeous. Oh, wow. It's not about who you're with, right? It's about the next one. That's what they say. Every chick... Every hot chick is beautiful and she's awesome until the next one comes along. Right? It's bad. I mean, unless you're married like you, of course. Oh, no. You got, the, you got the perfect woman. I'm talking, she is. I'm talking more about celebrity. Yeah. Like yeah. Basketball players are going to cheat on their wives and no one's going to be surprised about that. Superstars are going to cheat on their wives. Hollywood stars are going to cheat on their wives. It happens all the time. Same thing with the royal wedding. But that's it, that's the same thing, though. It ties it all in together. Like, Meghan Markle is in one of my favorite TV shows, Suits. She's excellent. Oh, my God. But she's a star-ish, a TV star, right? And she's marrying a prince. All it is is celebrity. I don't, I don't want to, I don't disseminate a difference between this celebrity and that celebrity. Hell, watching sports is the same thing. It is. We, we care more now about the affairs that our sports stars are having than we ever should. Why do I care if... Antonio Brown's sleeping with six different women. I don't care. Go play football, man. Try not to have your head explode. I don't care about any of that. But a lot of people do. 
And that's the problem. And that's where we are. And I wouldn't bag on the royal wedding unless you feel comfortable bagging on all celebrity. Now, if we want to do that, I'm okay with it. Well, see, if I'm going to bag on that royal family, at least Meghan Markle's done something. All this kid was done. All he did, he was born. He grew up. He was born. Somebody popped him out, and there he is. All of a sudden, famous. Oh, somebody passed me the snorted cream. That was a great British accent. Tom, you got any British? Okay, let's do this. Everybody say Andrew McCutcheon in their best British accent. I'll go first because I didn't tell anyone we were going to do this. Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon? Yeah, that's not bad. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to marry a royal. I'm taking one off their board. Is that... Is that the next move? Yeah, I go over there and I get what's a there, there's a couple of them in the key. Wait a second though, a couple younger ones, lady something or other. I'll go grab me a lady. But wouldn't lady. you just be doing what Meghan Markle's doing? Yeah, but I'm getting back. I'm getting one back for America. You're bringing them here because that's what we do. Yeah, when Britain tries to get one up on us, we go over there and we take it. We She's gonna have her ours. kids in Pittsburgh. Yeah, how about that? That's our revenge. Yeah, These damn royals. They're pissing me off. So I have a question about the whole thing, though. Does she become a princess now? Is she part of the, the royal family in that way? Or, or are we as close as we've ever been to having an American sit the throne as a queen? No, <laughs> no, we're not even close to that. No, oh, okay, like, okay, yeah. okay. I think she becomes a duchess, which is weird with all the titles, too. Could you imagine? Yeah, they have too to, many titles. Yeah, try to figure that stuff out over here. Like you're at the supermarket and you got to worry about what the person in front of you, whether you have to call uh, lady, sir, duchess, duke, whatever. It's all stupid. They don't do that in the mainstream, though, do they? I think they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, there's like there are so many duchesses and princesses and and things of things of Wales and this and that. There's there's so many. They're so caught up on titles. Shouldn't like the monarchy have died when we beat them anyhow? I think we should. Yeah, we should. I mean, as many heads as they took off in history, we should have taken off all their heads. Perhaps happen. Oh my God! Now I'm starting to turn back against the royal wedding because I'm wondering if they're going to keep Meghan Markle as their pre- as their prisoner. Who who's to say she's not already? She's definitely been brainwashed. Her very American father's not even involved. He's not allowed to come to the wedding. How rude. It's awful. It's disgraceful. She's been brainwashed. I have completely flipped my <laughs> flipped my allegiances here. I'm very upset about this royal wedding. Is it? I wonder how big of a deal it is over there. I mean, I imagine it's a huge freaking oh, deal. Insane yeah. Huge I mean, if it's a big deal over here, I wonder where, I wonder where else in the world they give... Two rips about this, though. I think pretty much in in most of the countries that they conquered and oppressed for years and years, like it's a big deal, like they all fall into it. It, It's a huge deal because you go back to the beginning of all this. I think it was like two and a half years ago or so when they first announced that they were a couple. I mean, the paparazzi over there, they go nuts. They start. They know who her family is already. They're following them. And I mean, you think it's bad over here in L.A.? Go over there. Those guys are crawling through sewers trying to get pictures of these people. It's just absolutely insane. It's it's, why it's it what's ma- wrong with humans. Well, why does it matter anymore? Like, why, why do they have to matter? I mean, it's the illusion, right? I mean, I've watched The Crown. You guys should watch The Crown. It's a great, great series. I'm telling you guys what to watch now. <laughs> now how about that? I haven't seen a movie in 40 years. Well, 27, my entire life. But it's supposed to be about this something to strive for, right? It's 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 supposed to give you hope that it'd be a beacon but it's 2018 like do they dress up do they dress up like jackasses too yeah 
Yeah. All right, I'm out. Here's on what this I thing. think. You guys man. convinced me. I'm out. Here's what it is. I think what the fascination is: the minute you put gates up in front of something, like say Buckingham Palace or Windsor Palace or whatever the hell it is, when you put gates up, people think something's going on and they want to know. And then there's a lot of money behind those gates. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of scandal that those gates are meant to keep out. And once those gates are up, people need to know what's on the other side. And that's where it all comes from. It's billion-dollar business. You're so right, man. Watergate, Deflategate, <laughs> Spygate, Buckingham Palace Gate. 100%. Anytime there's a gate involved. People want to know. Scandal and you want to know. You're right. Four years? Over, under? I say four years. Four years tops. That's the max. This thing is done. And she divorces him because he's a cheating oh, bastard, he's cheating. right? And that's what yeah. they do. That's what the royals do. Mm. They 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 marry and she better not have a kid. Oh, she'll have a kid. Megan, don't you have a kid? Oh, she's don't you have a kid? Then let him leave you. That's part of the thing. She's got to like these royals don't get married unless there's an idea of making the lineage go on, keeping it going. I mean, it's her duty right now to lay down for the prince. Oh no, happening the night of. Oh no, there's no condoms. Oh no, there's nothing that night. There's nothing. No sponges. No gels. I can get behind that, but no nothing. He's going to get behind that. What is it, Tom? Nothing. It's just a bit graphic from Brian there. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, me neither. Just, just trying to inform people. That's all. I mean, it's the royal wedding. I do imagine her life's not going to be that bad, though, being in the palace. I don't know if she gets a palace. She probably gets a palace. She gets, she, like, one of those little offshoot yeah, little ones. They get to keep one, like, on the yeah. side. Not the big one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. She get, you know. Castley Rock or something. Yeah, she is. Yes. She's gonna she's gonna wake up every day, get eating scones. Yeah, she only gets to visit King's Landing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> is that what tonight is? Prince's Landing. Yeah. I had a gambling take to get to in this segment, but I got way too fascinated with the royal wedding. That's my bad. Dude. No, it's not. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. And what kind of royal family doesn't have dragons? I agree. <laughs> so yeah, right. So. She marries in. Is she going to be the breaker of chains and the unnamed? <laughs> I, everything I know about, about the line of secession <laughs> is from Game of Thrones. <laughs> a little midget working in the background trying to fix things. If she, hmm, if she sits on the throne, is she a usurper? I think so. There'll be a coronation. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, she gets Now I'm excited. The Iron Throne. Okay, so we, we've, we've established it. She's trying to... She's trying to break the monarchy from within. Yep. Meghan Markle, breaker of chains. <laughs> Nailed it. Coming up next. What is coming up next? It's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. It's Crowley Show. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone. Adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually wrong. They're all right here listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. Like, for real, guys, like, if, if there's a dragon in the whole mix for me, I'm banging the prince. I'm going full in. To get the dragon? The prince? If, yeah, for a dragon. I want it. Well, I got to marry into the family, right? And if there's a dragon on the table, I'm taking one for the team. I want me a dragon. So you're saying that you'd scale the prince 
for a chance at the 